Hello and welcome to this webinar and podcast from the Centre for Christianity in Society. Today we're continuing our series on COVID-19 and we're going to be talking about how this crisis has changed the way we work. I'm delighted today to be joined by Stephen Greaves and Andrew Wallace who are going to be part of the discussion. And really today we want to talk about two things. The first is how COVID-19 has totally changed the way that we work. So for a lot of people, uh, instead of having the, the office desk, now their new desk is at the kitchen table. And part of that is it's changed the way that we can do ministry in the workplace. So it's obviously limited our opportunities to have face-to-face -face interactions, but there's still things that we can do to be effective witnesses in the workplace. So we're we'll talking about that. And then secondly, for a lot of people, the question isn't so much, how do I adapt to this new way of working? But it's, will I be able to go back to a job at all? Uh, there was a report out just this week which said that 600,000 people could lose their jobs in the UK as a result of the coronavirus. So we'll be talking about coping with redundancy as well. So if you are listening to this and that's something that you're interested in, then our hope is that this conversation today will help you in some way. So hello, uh, Stephen and Andrew. Thank you, both of you, so much for joining me today. And for those who are listening, could you just tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, and we'll start with you, Andrew. Hi, Michael. Great to be uh, have the opportunity to speak today. Um, my name is Andrew Wallace. Uh, my work, I spend half my work working week with CBMC. It's a Christian and business and networking organization. We work in Belfast and I spend the other half of my week working for a property developer in Belfast that focuses on regeneration. Um, I live just in the outskirts of East Belfast. Um, I've got a wife and two small kids that keep me busy. Great. And same to you then, Stephen? Yeah, I'm Stephen Greaves. Uh, I'm a financial director in a manufacturing company. Um, and from a sins, I moved to the northeast of Scotland uh, four years ago, um, where my wife comes from. And yeah, we've a wife here uh, living in the northeast of Scotland. It's a beautiful countryside, and I've got a nine year old son. Great. Thanks very much to both of you for joining me. Uh, so, Andrew, I want to come to you first. How have you found that this pandemic has affected the way that you work? Well, I guess for me personally and for, for many others, not being in the office, uh, that's the first, the first obvious one. So the routines and the rhythms of, of working life have just been thrown up in the air. Um, it's trying to establish what does a, a good working day look like whenever I'm based in my office, otherwise known as my, my bedroom, um, and trying to create the, those patterns to allow you to effectively work, obviously using technology slightly more um, but, but with any of these things, you get used to it quickly and businesses are good at adapting. Um, and, and, and I guess a lot of thoughts been put into how to do that effectively. So you just get used to that. I guess um, slightly more broadly, business models are being disrupted. Markets are being disrupted. Um, if you work in the hospitality sector, you haven't been working for the past um, bunch of months. Um, and, and in the medium term and in the, in the longer term, these, these business models there's a lot of thoughts now being put into what is it what is the market place look like um, whenever we start emerging and things are starting to to, to open up 
So I guess for me in my in my working life with with Cornerstone, uh, we're property developers. We're seeking investment. Um, so that means moving a lot of our meetings to to Zoom meetings. Um, it's also um, a difficult backdrop to to work against um, because this isn't a time where people are um, are wanting to uh, to to invest um, as as readily. But with that said. There's opp there's opportunities um, in this time, and I was reading a, an article and listened to the the accompanying podcast just the other night. There's an organisation called Praxis Labs, and a, and a speaker called um, a thinker called Andy Crouch, and and they described this as we move out of lockdown into the post lockdown phase that that they recommend that that believers and um, move from predictions. To promises and and it was this idea that so much of our our working life is is built on predictions um, and we we make predictions and we use models to try to work out where does the market going to go what's things going to look like and that leaves you exposed the better your predictions are the more exposed you are to a, a black swan event or something that nobody could have predicted like uh, covid or if it was predicted, it wasn't adequately built in uh, to the to the model. But the version to, to 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 I guess moving from predictions and considering promises, Andy Crouch was saying, believing people need to commit to tackling a big issue, commit to doing a good thing, um, and he used then the analogy: it's actually more like marriage. Whenever you enter a marriage, you are making a promise that you're going to be with this person. You're not predicting what the future looks like. You're saying, I, I am committing, I'm promising to do this. So I think I'm, I'm encouraged and, I've, and I've, I've had some really great conversations with, with people, with business people, as they begin to identify what is the purpose of my business. I can't predict where the market's gonna go, but what, what do I want? What am I committing to do? I'm going to commit to be good to my staff. I'm going to commit to creating a product which which brings value in in this context. So that's um, there's 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 definitely opportunities and opportunities for for Christians to really put a purpose um, at the heart um, of of their business and for workers to to actually commit to uh, giving their whole lives uh, to the Lord and 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 doing doing everything onto Him. So yeah, no, that's yeah. really interesting. Um, and obviously, during this crisis, there are so many adverse effects, and we'll go on to talk a little bit about those. But there are, as you say, there are great opportunities as well in the midst of this crisis. And being a Christian, Andrew, that shapes how you approach your work. So, can you tell us a little bit about some of the opportunities you've had recently to do ministry in the workplace? Yeah, well, uh, with with CBMC, um, we've right on the first week of lockdown we felt led to to have a, a weekly prayer gathering and and just to pray for the prosperity of our city um to support believers that are making difficult decisions and just to stand shoulder to shoulder with with business people and professionals because as christians we believe uh, in the power of prayer we believe that god answers prayer and and that he's happy when his when his when his people pray so we initially were primarily praying through the the difficulties that members were facing or 
uh, headlines in the news as people were being made redundant and furloughed. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we've taken a little bit of time during, um, during the prayer meeting to still our hearts and to allow God to prompt us to uh, to pray for people that we maybe would have been seeing on a daily basis. So that's one of the major drawbacks of lockdown life is those uh, water cooler moments, those making a cup of coffee in the kitchen moments, and um, walking into a meeting, those little bits of social social interaction. There was a lot of richness in that. That's where relationships were built. So we're we're acknowledging those moments aren't happening but God still has placed us within social networks. He's placed us within spheres of influence and, and he wants us to be active um, in those, in, in sharing the hope that we have. So we've been taking moments just to quieten our hearts and think, who, sh who should I be praying for? And then from that prompting, being a little bit bold and, and maybe sending them a text, sending them a WhatsApp and, and even pushing into it a little further and, and letting people know that you're praying for them. Mm -hmm. And th that boldness um, has, and I can say that the, the results have been unanimous. There's nobody um, that, I've, that I've heard so far has been um, offended that they've been prayed for. And, and so we're enc encouraging people just to say, I'm praying for you. And there's a gentleman called Graham Daniels. He was chief executive or is chief executive of Christians in Sport. And, and he has this little relational evangelism model where he describes um, the, the impetus is on the believer to ask the question and the person of peace will then show interest in that. So when we acknowledge that God is the God of the harvest, um, we, can, we can trust the flow, the ebb and flow of the conversation. If they ask a question back, it is our responsibility and an opportunity to share the hope that we have, but we don't need to force it on an email chain or in a WhatsApp, but it's just that boldness to, to allow people to know that we, we care for them and love them. So that's um, what we've been doing as an organization. But some individuals have done some really great stuff. Mm -hmm. um, a good friend from, from Hillsborough owns a cafe. They were put, they, obviously all, all, all cafes were, were shut down, but he's been creating free meals, which um, they've been distributing to NHF staff. And in the little pack, they've been um, sharing a Gideon's gospel or, or, or a gospel um, and an invitation to an online alpha. So that was something really practical they did. Um, another friend um, felt heard of the, the really the big need because churches are primary givers for food banks. Mm -hmm. He's realized that, that, that giving for food banks is way down. So he coordinated with all of the spa, a lot of the spa stores around the country and called Food for Belfast and connecting uh, spa stores and food banks and allowing the mercy ministries within churches to, to continue. So and actually one, one last example, um, which I thought was just really encouraging there's a, an online network called linkedin and linkedin is a very professional place it's a very secular place it's not a place where religious views are are expressed widely but um a good friend from lisburn owns a uh, owns a company down there and in his corporate messaging um he he put out to his suppliers and his customers and let them know he was praying for them so that's a a big a big shift and it's a shift that wouldn't have happened had everybody were everybody not experiencing the same uh, the same challenge and circumstances so there's definitely as an openness and 
people have, have, have noted the openness to, to prayer. So this is a season where the marketplace is a little bit more open to believing people sharing um, what they believe. Yeah, no, that's great. Those are all really good examples of how we can live out our faith in work. Um, and as you say, there are some unique opportunities you can have actually during this crisis. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and Stephen, one of the, the fallouts from COVID-19 is that a lot of people now are facing redundancy. So can you tell us a little bit about your own personal experience of that? Yes, um, it, it's a sort of a bit of a surprise in some ways to be coming back and talking about this. It was a time in, at the last recession in 2008, but I suppose it was brought back very brutally just uh, this week. Um, good friend of mine has just been told he's going to be made redundant. So uh, yeah, it's, it's real. And uh, I suppose in early 2008, we had a, re um, a recession and I was told in September 2008 that I was going to be made redundant. Um, and it's, an, it, it's, it's you, sometimes you expect it and you know it's coming, but it's still a shock when it comes. Um, it's, it's a time of change. Uh, normally I enjoy change, but that's usually because I'm the one instigating the change. Redundancy is an enforced change and it, uh, it, it's a very different place. Um, and I, you know, a few words that would come to mind are vulnerable, uncomfortable, rejected, and possibly even a bit of a failure. You know, why was I chosen? Was I not good enough to be kept on? And I suppose one of the things is it's very hard not to beat yourself up mm. thinking you could have done more. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's been mentioned by um, Andrew there quite a bit was prayer. Uh, I suppose one of the things that really came to me was the Lord was wanting a, a relationship with me. And I suppose that's, that, that's probably something that, that hits you, but it, it, it's a difficult one. Um, you know, we're the alpha male, we want to provide. Um, I'd spend a lot of time becoming a chartered accountant. In some ways you think these things protect you from the possibility of redundancy and you're the major wage earner in the house and yeah and in some ways your dreams are shattered a wee bit um, and there's that difficult time um, but it, it, it also manifests itself in your private life um, because you're feeling vulnerable and uncomfortable um, there's a danger that you overanalyze things Mm -hmm. um, you then you're desperately trying to get a new job and many of us find it uncomfortable trying to sell ourselves all the time you've maybe had I think I'd got 18 years in one company and uh, you know you're going to have to start from scratch again um, you know building your reputation in a company um, one of the other problems I suppose at being a financial director um, level it's a challenge um, you know you've been made redundant what does that mean um, I had got I'd moved into more general management for the last probably the last 10 years so may have had the title but was still you know very much uh, more general manager and unfortunately at that level uh, you end up having a bigger target on your back 
um, because you're more expensive. Um, and you know, it, it, it's, it's difficult and it's some of your dreams are shattered, um, things you'd wanted to do with your family and whatever. So yeah, an interesting time and it can take time. I suppose one thing I would, I would say, Michael, very simply is from being told in September, 2008, I was made, being made redundant. I went through, um, I suppose I left that company in January, 2009 had a nine month uh, contract with somebody and then was out of work for five, six months yeah. trying to set up my own business and then got another temporary job. So in some ways it wasn't till January, 2011 till when I was back in a permanent job again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it takes time um, in a recession. There's very few jobs and yeah, that, 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 that can be challenging. And you always think, well, I can do something. Um, yeah, in a recession, it's amazing how many companies shed people and there's a lot more people in the marketplace. But also during a recession, many companies are struggling to stay, to stay going. Mm -hmm. So um, there's people in there thinking, would I be better leaving and getting something more stable? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of challenges. And I don't think that you can underestimate just how much uh, you need you need your Christian faith to keep your everything into perspective because it can be very easy to end on a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. um, I've got to be honest, my wife was an absolute star through it uh, and supported me all the way and um, was very encouraging, which was great. And that, and that was really important to me. Mm -hmm. And one or two great friends. Um, and the, the thing I enjoyed with it was they came and prayed with you mm -hmm. and gave you a broader perspective. Um, as I said earlier, I think the Lord was looking for a deeper relationship with you. Yeah, you prayed all the time, but hold on a minute. I really want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to grab your attention here. And yeah, it was there was interesting times, but it was a time of great uncertainty. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, sorry, I think you've already, you know, touched upon that, but I was just going to ask, how did being a Christian make a difference then to how you reacted to redundancy? Because obviously so many people are going to be facing this, but what do you think are some of the unique differences between going through this as a, as a Christian? Well, I, th I think, um, first of all, uh, you've got the, the, the confidence that the Lord will provide. Um, and how he does it and how it turns out is just stunning. Um, but having knowing that, that he will provide. But I think, as Andrew was saying there, there is a real responsibility on us as to how we react in those circumstances. Because unfortunately, it's difficult information for an employer to give you. Um, some of them don't always think it through as to what it means. I've made people redundant when you're the other side of the table. Um, it's a very different perspective you've got. And I think one of the important things for me as a Christian was um, to act like a Christian all the way through it mm -hmm. um, and to make sure that, you know, we're like Daniel, they couldn't find any fault with our behavior. Um, that was one aspect. But I think the key um, is very much a case of we rely on the Lord for everything. 
we say that, but do we always mean it? And to give you an example, I, I used to apply for jobs and the prayers always used to be, Lord, help me get a job. Or, and maybe this is the right one to very much a case of, I was challenged because one of the other unique things that we were doing at the time was my wife and I had been told fairly early on in our marriage we couldn't have children. And uh, we had decided to go down the adoption route and we were halfway through it when I was made redundant. Mm -hmm. um, we were approved as adopters subsequently, but they wouldn't give any adoption to us on the basis that my employment wasn't stable. Um, so, you know, our personal dreams were shattered with this and it's hard once again not to think that you had caused this and it can be challenging and, you know, you're trying to get jobs and you're trying to do it and do you try and bargain with God? Do you sort of say, if you do this, I'll do that for you? Or I had to come to it that, do you know what? I have to lay it at his feet and leave it with him. I have the responsibility to push the doors, mm -hmm. but to ask him for the grace to understand when his answer is he's closing that door yeah. and to ask him to open the right door. It's a very different place. And I'll tell you how I came to that was halfway th through being out of work, um, a friend of mine asked me, well, how's the adoption going? And it was raw. And I've got to admit, I was very emotional about it, but I had to realize that I had to give that dream up. Um, and that was a tough day. And it was part of about the Lord talking into my heart. You know that hymn by Robin Mark, Jesus all for Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, all my ambitions, hopes and plans, you know, I put them into your hands. When that was sung one Sunday morning, I couldn't sing it. I had to sit down and I was in tears. Because did I really mean that? Did, is that the place I was really in? And, uh, you know, the Lord brought me to that. And um, the stunning thing was we suddenly found out Elaine was pregnant. Mm -hmm. You know, the world had said, the adoption people had said, you're not, you can't have a child because you're not a good financial risk. And then you realize that the Lord is intensely interested in you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, 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 that's a huge, it was a huge challenge. And I remember just getting down on my knees and saying, Lord, look, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Can you take it over now, please? Mm -hmm. Can I put it completely in your hands? Mm -hmm. And that, that was a huge moment. And, you know, to know that the Lord wants that sort of relationship with you, where he can talk with you. Um, yeah in even all aspects of our life. And to me, uh, yeah, it was a great, and he's led us on different challenges since, like moving over here to Scotland, uh, made it very clear and for him to speak into your life. Uh, you wonder sometimes whether you're put through these circumstances to develop you as a Christian, and uh, they're challenging, but like everything else, I think we have a responsibility to have a good work ethic. If you look at Ruth in the Bible, she worked from the beginning of the day to the end of the day and came back with the food. She wasn't sitting there waiting for somebody to give her the favor. She thanked Boaz for the favor, but she had to work hard and we're the same. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to do our bit, but to, to know that the Lord is with us and will provide for us yeah. uh, is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that, that's really helpful, Stephen. And thank you for sharing that because I think it's a helpful reminder that God doesn't solve our, our problems often, but he is always there to walk yeah. with us through our suffering and through those yeah. problems. And as you say, he is the great provider and that's a good example of that. Um, so Andrew, just as we finish, what are some of the practical ways do you think that we can support one another in the workplace uh, as Christians during this unique time? Yeah, I think there are a bit of a themes emerging um, and I think that themes prayer, um, that has been just the what's really marked this season out for the guys within CBMC and, and, and also just Christians in the, the marketplace more generally that I, that I know is this is a time people are turning to prayer, um, both individually, personally praying things like thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's a difficult prayer to pray against the, a difficult um, backdrop. So we're encouraging people to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things then will be added. Um, and I guess, how do you seek the kingdom of God? you read your you read the bible mm -hmm. um and and so just encouraging your brothers and your sisters to go to scripture um and and to open the open the bible and to, and to go expectantly to discover what is god saying to you today um because the the bible is 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 full of truths which are going to wisdom which is going to surpass anything that any predictions anything that your fd's recommendations or whatever the wisdom of um of god is is i guess a, a starting point the other the other bit and and stephen mentioned it too is just having real relationships real community um, and that was very special that peter or stephen mentioned brothers came and, and prayed with him um in person um i know at this time um people are picking up the phone if there's a big meeting or a big issue and just having a quick five minute prayer down the phone and um, knowing that you've got brothers and sisters standing alongside you and um, but also knowing that, that God has heard so yeah that's between um, encouraging encouraging each other to, to go to God's word and praying and I guess in a sense that's the same answer no matter what the season and um, but it takes on a different significance whenever people's backs are against the wall whenever control has been taken away whenever there's no ability to predict what uh, what work's going to look like in a month let alone in a year you really need to rely on promises um, that have been um, given to us um, and, and that are that are always true so that would be yeah that that would be the big one for me yeah that's great. Uh, really helpful insights from you, both of you there and uh, really enjoyed that conversation. So thank you. And that's all that we have time for uh, today. But if you would like to access more of our resources, you can visit www.christianityinsociety.org. And there are a range of conversations that we've been having uh, on this topic, including dealing with loneliness during lockdown and also the big question that we touched upon a little bit today. Uh, which is where is a loving God during our suffering? So please do check out those resources if you have time. And until next time, goodbye.